Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I've got a really interesting guest. Her name is Marie T. Fraser. She's from the UK and she's a breakup and divorce coach and therapist. So good morning to you, Marie. Hi, Lynn. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. I'm sure the audience is going to be really intrigued to see what we're going to be talking about today, which I feel that it'll be around the theme of life during and after breakup will be a good topic for us to discuss in this particular episode. Absolutely. So Marie, just tell me a bit about, uh, would you be prepared to share a a little bit about your own personal experience around this particular topic and uh, give the audience an insight into into who you are and and what's led you to be doing what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. Um, Basically, I was married for 27 years and ultimately to a, a narcissist and which was um, in the beginning, if anybody knows about narcissism, um, these people are incredibly charming and um, every, you know, was, was hunky, hunky dory, but suddenly little things start to happen. There would be where my ideas or suggestions were totally ignored. For example, the one of the houses that when we were moving because we needed a bigger space, uh, it was a house that I really, really did not like. There was I just got a really bad vibe about it. And, you know, I, I said that I didn't like it. I couldn't see myself living there. It had got a really, you know, icky feeling for me, but I was totally ignored. And he went off and bought it anyway. And it was really interesting because several years later, whilst living there, um, one of the neighbours told me a previous owner had committed suicide in the house. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that was when you when you're with a, a narcissist, you are you question your own sanity. It's almost like you you don't believe what's happening, but you blame yourself. And I can assure anybody who is going through that kind of emotional abuse that it is not your fault. You do think you're going mad. That was just one particular instance. There were, you know, there were very many uh, instances where he would suddenly not appear overnight without any question or any um, explanation. And he did work away. So there was an element of lots of excuses of working away. And so I didn't sort of question a lot of it. Then there were instances when I had my first child, uh, which was not a difficult pregnancy or anything like that. I was working. So I was um, 
you know, well and fit and everything was seemed to be hunky-dory. But when I brought my first child home, and I'm sure any other new mum felt like that, the shock of this new little life that's your total responsibility is overwhelming. And within 24 hours of getting home with this new baby, um, he, the, the husband said, oh, well, by the way, I'm not I'm sure I told you, but I'm off to South Africa to watch the World Cup rugby. And he thought it was OK to just leave me unsupported by anybody because we didn't live near family with a newborn baby and go off and, uh, and have a boys trip to South Africa. And it was all, it was like a surreal experience, really, as though I couldn't understand I, and I didn't believe that that was actually happening. And, you know, my emotions and hormones were raging as a new mom. And it, it sort of just happened. And these are things that sort of then led me to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy of the support there were so many instances in my life uh, with him that when I look back, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, I'm almost ashamed and embarrassed to admit that they actually happened. I tried to leave very many times. I mean, it was difficult because first of all, narcissists are always right. It's everybody else's fault but them. Secondly, they don't like to um, be controlled. They want to do the controlling. So there would be situations when I would say, I really have had enough, I can't deal with this. And they weren't sort of, they weren't off the cuff moments. They were moments where I'd thought long and hard because, you know, I had two boys at this, at this point and one of which was diagnosed with cerebral palsy when he was 12 months old. Um, so that was a huge shock as one might imagine. Mm. You think you've got a normal, healthy child to be told 12 months later, well, you know, you don't. So there was a lot of grief and disbelief around um, my son's disability and that diagnosis. And uh, I was still working full time in the city in London um, and my bosses were absolutely fantastic. I worked for Americans and, you know, they were very happy to point me in the direction of, you know, the pediatric neurologists, et cetera, in Boston and in uh, San Diego who were incredibly helpful. Um, but nonetheless, it was a shock. And also, and so what happened was as Rupert, um, diagnosis was unfolding I was spending a lot of time running around the country uh, finding uh, you know doctors who could help as well as the guys in the states and um, it was it, I just thought you know I can't do this and do my job so I actually stopped working as and became a full-time mom to both my boys which it ended up to be it was definitely the right thing to do and also my eldest son was just about to start school um so that meant I was I, from becoming financially independent I became financially dependent mm. which um you know puts a whole different filter on you know being 
financially dependent with two young boys and, you know, leaving um, financial stability. Um, however, the, as, as time went on, it was obvious to me that um, the husband was having affairs and every time I questioned it, I was told I was going mad and don't be ridiculous. So I, it was 1999, New Year's Eve. I'll never forget it because, you know, we we're going into the new millennium. And um, I said, you know, I just can't go on anymore. I mean, I don't know how, what, whether this was the fifth or sixth time I'd sort of said this, but I just said that was it. And it was a bit awkward because my mum and sister had come over to stay with us for New Year and um, so it, it was a, it was a very weird conversation well let's talk about it in the morning he said and uh, so I just sort of said well you know there's nothing there's nothing to really talk about you know we've been down this road so many times and I feel like I'm going out of my mind etc and he talked me around again and <laughs> Again, you know, it's something that really embarrasses me. What was it that made me stay? I honestly do not know at that time. And, uh, you know, I'm embarrassed to actually say it. But, you know, fast forwarding to 2006, I think it was, was a, another very, very difficult period for me. And I really was a, a sort of a vision of my former self. I was just mentally exhausted with everything. And there was yet another affair. Um, but this time, my eldest son had found out. And that was just the sort of, um, I don't know, that just spurred me on. It, once my child was sort of directly involved, for want of a better analogy, you know, the fact he knew about this. Yes. It's, I just thought, my God, you know, what sort of a role model am I setting for him? Mm. And, and that was it. I just said, I, I just, what happened was that um, his father and he had gone away on holiday skiing and they were sharing the phones, uh, the same phone charger. And my boy was then 15 at the time, just saw these messages between his father and some woman and it hurt me to think that he'd seen these and kept them to himself and was ruminating over them. And it took him sort of six weeks to tell me about them. And it was that sort of mother bearing me, the anger that my child had been subjected to that was just the fire that I needed to really put this relationship to bed, you know, to end it, which is exactly what I did. But then what happened, because, um, you know, he is, an, uh, the father is a narcissist. He, it took seven years to actually get a divorce because he decided that I was getting absolutely nothing, notwithstanding the fact that we'd been married all those years and what my entitlement was. And, um, you know, I'd sort of said to my solicitor, I said, I can't understand why this is dragging on so long because surely his solicitor is telling him that there's no way he's going to win. Mm. But, um, you know, narcissists don't listen. You know, they believe they're right. They're the ones that are always, um, you know, being taken advantage of. And in fact, it's the other way around. They continually take advantage of people around them. 
as I said earlier, they can be incredibly charming, but uh, once you're in their sort of grips, um, it's very, very difficult. So that was, we were finally divorced in, let me think, 2018. So um, with all that hassle, aggravation and 20 odd years of, well, it wasn't 20 odd years. Well, I suppose it was nearer 20 odd years, but, you know, I felt, um, uh, you know, not myself. You know, I wasn't the feisty corporate rookie that I was when I was in my 20s, etc. It was it was a relief to be free. Mm. But on the other hand, it was incredibly scary to be um, alone and with two um, or by that time they were teenagers but it was still incredibly scary and having to process what I had dealt with for all those years and you know and I'm just giving you the tip of the iceberg here um, and also um, you know trying to sort of be strong for my kids you know the most important thing I wanted from this was to be a role model for the boys and um, not crack under the strain of it all and um, I just thought you know if this is happening to me I'm not the only person it must be happening to other people and I just wanted to share with women that no matter how low you think you've got you can bounce back you know if you um process what's what's happened to you and learn to let it go you can actually bounce back into an even brighter star and I think it's important to share that with women who are going through difficult times absolutely so when you sort of had that conversation, when your eldest son found out about your husband having yet another affair, um, you said it took seven years to actually get divorced. I'm, I'm assuming during that seven years you weren't actually together. Did you actually separate? Oh, that was quite interesting. Yes, we did. But um, what happened was that um, he, he, he worked away a lot, so would only usually be in the family home at the weekends. But after I'd said, you know, pack your bag and off you go, um, he, he, he just came back at the weekends as though nothing had happened. And, and I just said, after about the third weekend, I said, no, no, no. I said, this cannot go on. He said, well, you know, what do you mean? He was all, you know, <laughs> surprised. Well, what do you mean? You know, I've come, to see, uh, I've come to see the boys. I said, no, this is not happening. We are not happy families. You're trying to pretend that none of this is real. But it is real. And therefore, if you want to see the boys, I will drop them off at a mutually convenient place on the M3 and you can take them for the weekend. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was almost and, and every time there'd been a major bus stop, you know, tomorrow was another day and yesterday had never happened. And, and that's another thing that sort of sends you into this deep recesses of your mind thinking is it me am I going mad hmm. I feel that sometimes you know if you are in a situation like that like you said you know because you I suppose 
what don't want to think that you've made um a bad judgment when it comes to relationships because i think a lot of women you know they are intelligent uh people that are in these relationships and they they are almost questioning their own judgment well you know if i'm such an intelligent loving kind um you know uh, authentic truthful honest person how could i have made such a poor judgment in you know getting into a relationship with this person and it's it's sometimes that bit of a conversation that we tend to have with ourselves isn't it oh for sure that um you know especially with narcissists as i say you know they are incredibly charming and they're almost um well they're very deceitful because they have their own agenda and it is um that you know they will bide their time until they can pounce and you know it, they don't mind if it takes years you know, when I was, you know, before the children arrived, for example, and I was working full time, I was very, very, you know, I was very busy. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't see one another that often. <laughs> so, you know, when we came together, it was more socially and, you know, we'd be with groups of friends and things like that. And it was one of the interesting things is when our first son came along there was a dramatic change. It was almost as though the husband's nose had been totally put out of joint. And I, or, you know, um, I did think, not at the time, but certainly a few years later, I wonder, he can't, he can't possibly be jealous of his own son, surely. You know, because my attention, quite rightly, was focused on the baby and its needs. Um, which was, you know, very, very interesting. But I, I do believe that, um, you know, narcissists can be incredibly jealous if they're not the centre of attention the whole time. So do you think um, in most relationships where, you know, the dynamic is that um, one person is, you know, displaying those narcissistic traits, that usually those traits uh, are triggered quite commonly on the birth of a child? I couldn't really say that generally. It certainly, I believe, was the case uh, for me. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, at the time when all this was happening, I had no idea what a narcissist was. I just thought he was being incredibly unhelpful, unkind and selfish. Yes. And it was only since I've done my various trainings that his behaviour has made sense to me. Mm. Um, because I didn't know what a narcissist was no I think it's quite it's become a common more common term in recent years to be fair hasn't it uh to describe these sorts of behaviors and traits in people and let's be honest you know women can display those traits just as much as men can it's not just you know on, on men is it Oh, for sure. No, not at all. It's 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 either sex can dis, uh, display these traits. I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing um, which is a red flag is when there's zero empathy. Mm. You know, if someone can't show empathy uh, for you, then, you know, there's a serious personality disorder. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, women can display it just as much as men can. Absolutely. I just wanted to make that clear because we don't want to be, you know, in a situation where we're bashing men for displaying these traits when it, you know, it can be the vice versa, can't it? 
Absolutely. I mean, look, I'll be very honest with you. I am pro-marriage. I'm just not pro-misery. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, it's because I'm not suggesting that every relationship breaks down because one party is a narcissist. I'm just, you know, giving you my personal experience of, you know, what happened to me. But, you know, ma- um, relationships and marriages break down for all sorts of reasons yeah absolutely and I think also those sorts of traits can be quite wide on 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 a, on a scale to you know to extremely you know toxic traits and behaviors to so probably some sort of minor sort of little red flags in relationships that that have those sort of tendencies and traits so it's not like labeling all those behaviors as being narcissistic behavior because i think there is a, a wide spectrum on what's what's bad and toxic and what's sort of you know you know the yeah. odd, odd thing that might be acceptable that, that 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 could be a similar sort of action or behavior yeah and i think you know what it does boil down to as well no matter you know whatever uh end of the spectrum or what point on the spectrum you're on is how you personally can deal with it mm or whether you personally can deal with it. Um, It's sort of, I thought I gave my situation a fair crack of the whip. You know, I didn't want the relationship in the beginning when it first started to get not very good after about seven years. You know, I didn't want it to end. And then as time, you know, I was really loved this man and I was wanting to do everything and anything to keep this this marriage together. And Mm -hmm. then when the boys were around, that was another thing to, um, you know, keep me you know I I was probably still in love with him but as what happened was as the you know after 27 years is a long time Mm. and after um after all the the sort of what I would call the the sort of negativity and the um uh, you know emotional abuse I had absolutely no feelings left. I didn't, you know, I didn't know whether, I certainly didn't love him, but I didn't know what I felt. I found it was impossible to be able to love somebody who could treat me like that. But there was obviously still something there. And I, you know, I can only put that down perhaps to the familiarity of mm-hmm. what I was used to. Exactly. So what, what would you um, offer as advice and guidance to women? Because there must be women that are listening to this that identify 100% with your position and are probably in, currently in this position, who probably are in the, maybe that, that stage of actually still loving this man or feeling that they love this man. And that's why they want to try and make it work. And, and want, you know, and we all know that, you know, it's not about trying to change him. It's trying to change ourselves. That's going to have a positive impact, if anything, on uh, you know whether that relationship survives, thrives, or or ends. So, what would be your advice, Marie, on um, somebody that can identify with probably being in this situation but still feeling they love this man? Yeah, uh, it's really difficult because um, deep down, the the you know the woman or the man, you know knows what they should be doing it's just a question of finding the strength to break away from it because you are the one that has to change because the you know for example the narcissist it will not change it's like you know very few narcissists 
are able to, um, well, one, go to, say, a therapist or similar because they never believe there's anything wrong with them. It's not their fault. Mm. So um, you can only help yourself once you've acknowledged there's an issue. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, because we can all make excuses for the people that we love, but that doesn't make it right. And at the end of the day, the only person that we're hurting is ourselves. Yeah. Because, you know, life is short and, you know, to live it without fun and freedom for me is no life at all. And everybody's different. So I couldn't advise that somebody left that their partner. But what might be helpful is to be able to talk it through. Because I, from my experience, trying to talk how I felt through with the ex-husband um, was like talking to a wall because he just didn't get it. He just thought I was being difficult. I was being too demanding because there is no empathy and understanding. And it makes you feel very alone. So, you know, I did a lot of self-help and, um, you know, had therapy myself to be able to process what was going on for me. You know, and over and, and doing that, it it then became clear that I was the only person who could make things better for myself. Hmm. I think sometimes as well, we can kid ourselves, you know, through romanticizing our relationship and looking at it through rose tinted glasses that we actually are still in love with this guy. But actually, we're probably just more in love with the idea of wanting love and, and feeling loved rather than, you know, um, actually truly being in love with that person. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think it, that doesn't really matter what age you are. I mean, I, I do find with um, perhaps older clients, it's more of a, um, a distraction that age, you know, they will talk a lot about their age and, you know, I'm too old to do this or what have you. Nobody's ever too old or ever too young to change. No. You know, that's one thing that, you know, I really do bang on about. There is only now and in this moment and now you can do amazing things for yourself. Absolutely. 100 percent agree. It's, it's, it's quite a tricky situation to, to find yourself in. Um, and I understand, you know, um, it can be quite hard to have conversations with yourself around acknowledging that you might feel ashamed and guilt around accepting mm. the behavior you've accepted, but just know that you're not alone. And that, you know, a lot of women can identify with being in that same situation and it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault, but, you know, yeah. um, be honest with yourself about how you're feeling. And if you've ever said to yourself, I deserve better than this, then that's probably a big, huge red flag to start with, isn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I just wanted to say also that it's so important to be able to talk to somebody. So, you know, if you have a trusted friend or a family member, then, you know, get it off your chest. For me, I was too embarrassed to share it with anybody other than a therapist, um, because um, what I was saying, well, one, my friend wouldn't believe me. 
and my family, I don't think they would have believed it either. And they would have been so upset, um, which is not helpful. You don't want other people being upset when you're upset. You know, you, oh, no. you want somebody who's going to give you a bit of uh, sort of support and... Um, you want an advised opinion, really, because... Exactly. exactly. Family and friends <laughs> are going to give, you know, um, not that unbiased opinion. Plus, you know, if you do resolve things with your partner for whatever reason... Um, you know, maybe that, you know, it's just a temporary and they're not a full narcissistic <laughs> on the far end of the scale. Yes. Playing the worst yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, you're going to sort of bias their opinion towards that person should you resolve the issues that you're currently working through. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think it's if you are with a narcissist, you know, you will not feel listen- you'll not feel listened to. And it's so important to feel listened to, that somebody gets you, that somebody understands what it is that is happening to you right now. So, you know, that's the biggest piece of advice I could actually give is to do talk to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and preferably be somebody that, um, you know, can give you that unbiased listening ear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For sure. So, what, so what's life like for you now then, sort of post getting through all that? Marie? Oh, it's marvellous. I and mean, that sounds very... Uh, <laughs> but it, the thing is, I have always been a very positive person. You know, the glass has always been half full. Um, but, you know, for many years, my glass was totally empty. And what I've managed, you know, to be able to do is to... Well, if we go back, you know, I wasn't the girl that I was in my 20s. I wasn't even the girl that got married. You know, over those years had changed me so much. Those life's experiences had changed me so much. But what I what I I have done and I'm so grateful that I've been able to do this is to what I call rebuild and reinvent myself. You know, deep down at my core, I'm still the same person. But, you know, with all those experiences, a lot of which were negative, I've not, I don't now allow them to define me. They're not who I am. And, um, you know, this is really, really important. I don't, there, you know, there are times, I'll obviously, I mean, look, not every single moment of those 27 years was miserable. There were some very good times. You know, I have my two beautiful children, for example, and um, I have, you know, amazing relationships with them. But, um, you know, I don't harp on what I have um, endured. They only come to the forefront if I'm writing about them for um, either interviews or newsletters. And, you know, I'll just sit back and think, dear God, you really put up with that you know um but I I don't think about them I you know I'm still single but that is my choice and um I don't think I'll be single forever but it's not something that is high on my agenda you know I have some fantastic girlfriends we you know I've got sets of girlfriends in different areas of my life some I go away with once a year some I do theatre with etc etc so I live a very full 
life. I love my my job. I love what I do. It fires me up helping people who have uh, endured what I endured and, you know, wanting to be sort of a, a beacon for them to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can, you know, totally turn your life around. So, yeah, I mean, from a health point of view, I've never been healthier because the stress and strain of living in those circumstances was huge. Um, so I'm, I'm just free. I'm just free and I have a lot of fun. Brilliant. Love it. Really love it. I don't think a lot of the time if you've been through any sort of, uh, whether it's a long term or short term, you know, bad experience or toxic experience or unhealthy experience when it comes to your um, romantic relationships that you fully uh, appreciate, I suppose, the impact that might have had on you until you're out of it, do you? Oh, for sure. No, no. Um, and it, I think it actually takes a while as well. You, you don't realise right at the, you know, right at the, uh, you know, when you've s- split up at that moment, you know, it, it took me probably a couple of years to realise the impact it had on me because you don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And certainly you know? it can negatively affect your mental and physical health too. And uh, that, like you say, that you even noticed that improved as well as, your whole life experience yes yeah no for sure I mean you know stress and the um, you know emotional abuse there's no no abuse is good no I mean I'm anti-abuse in any way shape or form but with emotional abuse there are no scars that you can see no and you know that just can play havoc on your mental well-being truly and that mental well-being can then, you know, result in stress, which can take take on physical health symptoms, can't it? Yes. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, there's sort of, uh, you know, there's so much research these these days about, um, you know, the sort of the mind body connection, which yeah. I, I, you know, as, as you brought up, I, I really do believe that um, the, the, the two working tandem. And if one is out of flunter, it affects the other one. Yeah, most certainly. So, you know, um, that, that it's always worth sort of considering if you are suffering any sort of uh, s- types of stress or uh, physical symptoms uh, that could literally be down to your, your environment that you're in and, and you know, the, the health of your current relationship, couldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it can. And especially, as you said earlier, Lynn, you know, when you still believe yourself to be in love, Mm. because it can be then very difficult to uh, actually address if the problem is in that relationship. Yeah, so it's been really truly honest with yourself. If you are actually saying things to yourself, such as I really don't deserve this or you're questioning their you know, uh, am I going mad? Um, you know, <laughs> you feel like you are. <laughs> yeah. Is it me? Uh, if you're saying any of those things to yourself, I think they're definite red flags. And, you know, it's time to sort of speak to somebody, as I say, preferably independent and unbiased about how you're feeling and, you know, whether this is, is you or, or whether you're actually really experiencing something that you shouldn't be around at all. 
Yeah. Another thing which I forgot to mention, actually, which um, only struck me, you know, after the event was that I would get a feeling about something not being right. Mm. And I would honestly say, if you have those feelings, do pay attention to them because, you know, your gut and heart know much more than we think we do. Yeah, and the mind will try and play tricks, won't it? Your ego mind will try and yeah. play, play tricks and uh, get you to not listen to your heart and gut. But you know, I think most of us know what we know. And sometimes we just choose not to listen to it because we don't yes. want to to ourselves. And like you said, we can feel quite embarrassed and ashamed about allowing ourselves to be in that situation, for, especially if it's been over a long period of time. Mm, mm. Yeah, but I, I, I was just something that came to me now because, you know, I had many instances where I had these feelings and I would push them to the side. So that was, you know, if any of the listeners are having that, then do listen to, you know, what those feelings are telling you. Okay, well, that's been a fascinating conversation, Marie. So what I'd like to do is um, for those listeners that do identify with some of what we spoke about today, and, uh, you know, it's brought some stuff up, so to speak. And if you'd like to get in touch with Marie, then uh, what would be your best contact, Marie? I think the easiest one, Lynn, is my email, which is um, it's quite easy. It's marie at mariefraser.com. Marie with an IE at mariefraser.com. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for any other information about Marie and uh, other contact uh, information as usual we'll put in the show notes so thank you so much Marie that's been a fascinating conversation today thank you for asking me Lynn it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and on that note as I'll always say when I wrap up our episodes true love starts with opening our hearts so listen to that intuition listen to that guidance because you'll find that it'll always serve you and so until next time goodbye for now Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.